0: Welcome to Whoopal's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports.
1: Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host,
0: Gary Whoopal. There is must-see TV, and then there is must-see TV. Sunday's Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers games falls into the latter category. It'll feature two of the NFL's best teams, two legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And yes, it'll feature Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, two Hall of Fame and waiting quarterbacks. Greetings, I'm Gary Wolfel and thanks for taking some time to join Rob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast. Hello, Robert. Hello,
1: Mr. Wolfel. uh...
0: (laughs) Have I ever called you Robert before and does anybody call you Robert?
1: Well, the nuns did back uh, as as I was growing up in my in my Catholic grade school. I think Gary, but but it, it's been quite a while. I, I do like that. Well, the very, nuns call the, the
0: the nuns called me names too, <laughs> and it wasn't Gary.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, and then they broke out the rulers, right? To, exactly.
0: Yeah, put your hand
1: you. on your desk, Mister Wolfle.
0: Exactly. Hey, uh, Rob, we're going to talk uh, about a lot of different things today, of course, including the uh, Packers-Bucks matchup, which should be absolutely great. And, of course, uh, Brady and Rodgers. But let's begin by having a quick recap of the Bears-Packers game. Specifically, I want to chat about the Packers' run offense and their run defense. Uh, The run offense was awful in the season opener against the Vikings. But uh, it was front and center against the Bears with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And uh, Jones was sensational. After five inexcusable carries against the Vikings for, what, 15 yards? He totaled uh, 132 yards on 15 carries against the Bears. What a difference, huh?
1: Gary, he's got 20 carries now on the year for 180 yards. Wow. he's He's at nine a pop. Think of that. He was five for 48 in the opener and he's 15 for 132. That to me was the I mean, whatever. We 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 won't spend any time on this. We rehashed it last week, but you know how you gave that guy only five carries in week one was you know the the, the biggest mystery takeaway from that game. And and we've talked about it and we saw it all summer long. The the way that this team was gonna win football games in 2022 was going to be dramatically different from how they've won them the last 13, 14 years with Rogers under center. It isn't going to be him whipping it all over the yard anymore, Gary. It's going to be hammer away with Jones, hammer away with Dylan and pick your spots in the passing game. Much like they did on the deep strike late in the game to Sammy Watkins. You know, when, when you can bang away with Jones and Dylan, that kind of stuff is going to open up later on in a football game. And Jones goes for 8.8. On the ground the other day, Gary. AJ Dillon actually had more carries. He had 18 for 61. I, I don't want to say I, I, I'm worried at all about Dylan, but but I don't like where his average is at, Gary. He should be at four and four and a half or five a pop himself. He was 3.4 the other night. Now they were ganging up and did a pretty nice job taking him away, but there there's no question when you watch that football game, I mean, Jones is the more dynamic of the two. They're going to bang away with Dylan and try to wear out a defense and, and then give Jones the ball and, and hope he hits some home runs along the way. I think we're learning Dylan's not going to be a home run hitter in general, Gary, but he is going to wear out a defense and, and you can't put a price tag on that because that, that, that's an enormous you know benefit to it, to an offense. But again, Gary, I I thought that was the perfect way for Green Bay to play football. Rodgers was, you know, he didn't like his second half performance, Gary. By then, to me, the game was largely decided. I know they only scored three points in in the second half, you know, but that 21-point third quarter or second quarter, I mean, really kind of was – you know, sprung them into the the second half and and put them in complete control of that football game. And and then for the most part, Gary, they let the defense do the work and, you know, they kind of picked their spots on offense. But I thought Rogers, it, it wouldn't be fair to call him a game manager, Gary, because he's more than that. But that's what he was at different points in that football game, kind of picking his spots in the past game and and letting the running backs do the, you know, the, the bulk of the work. And again, I I think that's their recipe for success and winning football games, certainly in the first half of the season, Gary, as these rookie wide receivers grow up, uh, whether it'll be the whole season or not, I, I I guess we'll find out, you know, how, how quickly, you know, Watson and dubs can, can grow up and, and take on huge roles with, with this offense. But but right now, I, I think that's going to be that's going to have to be their path and their formula to winning football games, and and we'll get into it certainly. But it's going to be a lot tougher Sunday against against a run defense down in Tampa that will not let Green Bay, you know, get 200 plus yards again on the ground.
0: Yeah, I mean we're only uh, two two games into the season, but uh, I, I thought you had an interesting tweet during the uh, Packers Bears game regarding Aaron Jones and his contract and. And refresh my memory but what is he on the books for next season
1: yeah it's a little over 20 gary 20 million yeah i mean yeah i, I know it's, it's gonna, way, it's gonna way, be tough
0: way, way way too early to just uh, discuss contracts and sh- situations like that but man that's gonna be a lot of money to uh you know deal with at the time and if not, this is going to be a banner season for Aaron Jones. You know, I mean, if he keeps playing the way he has, I mean, my goodness, he, he's going to get that money one place or, or another, you know?
1: Well, Gary, when he was a free agent in March of 21, you know, that they signed a, a four-year deal with them. But in essence, it was a two-year deal where both, both sides and primarily the Packers could get out of it, you know, if they wanted. Everybody's leery to give that second contract and a really big one. To, to running backs. I mean, you, you, you see him start to hit a wall and to wear out and is, as they approach 30, this is Jones's sixth year in the league. Next year would obviously be, you know, year seven. He's starting to push 30 by that point in time. I think he'd be 28 or 29. Uh, but Gary, he's, you know, with, with Devonte Adams now in Las Vegas, he is uh, undoubtedly their their most explosive player uh, skill-wise on, on offense right now. Um, again, these young rookie wide receivers might wind up changing that. But as we sit here and talk, you know, today on September 20th, there is no doubt Jones is the guy that, that's going to make that offense go. And in the later stages of Aaron Rodgers' career, and and, and a lot of this, Gary, will come down to to does Rodgers come back or not. Because if he doesn't, then you're in a mini or maybe even a full-fledged kind of rebuild-type situation but they've got five or six guys, Gary, that are each on the books for about 20 million dollars. And then some next year, Bakhtiari's in, in the high 20s, Rodgers is in the low 30s, you know, Jair Alexander's in there, Kenny Clark's in there, Aaron Jones is in there. I mean, so they got they got five, six guys, Gary, gobbling up over half the cap when you look at it that way. And then you've got to find a way to sign another 47, 48 players. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard for them. And, and again, we're we're way ahead of that. Um, but I, you know, personally, Gary, and and I said this two years ago when he was a free agent, Aaron Jones is just one of those rare guys, not just as a football player, because he's a really unique player. I think he's one of the best five best running backs in the league. Uh, he just sometimes doesn't get enough touches and carries in a game for whatever reason. But Gary he, he's probably the best person in that locker room you know and and it you know flip a coin if you know if 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 you've got somebody else that that you can line up against him just as as a teammate as a guy as part of that community Gary Aaron Jones is a plus 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 in every way shape and form possible he's a yes sir no yeah, no sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Kind of guy. Never whines. Never complains. Never says a word when he gets five carries in a football game to the to the coaches or or goes and whines to the quarterback or anything like that. Just shows up every day, does his job. I'm telling you, Gary, I've been doing this a long time. Much like you did the Bucks and all that. I I, I can count on one hand and 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 maybe on one or two fingers how many people have come through the Packer locker room that are just better people than Aaron Jones. There aren't many. So when you get a guy like that in your organization, to me, you you better find a way to keep him in your organization.
0: Yeah, that's, that's certainly lofty praise. I mean, you have been around a ton of Packers over the years and I, I've heard the same things about him, what a uh, class guy he is, but you know, the one thing that uh, everybody is concerned about is his durability. If he can carry it 15, 20 times game and, He's not a really big guy. I mean, you see him on TV and with the pads on and he looks fine, but you've seen him up close and personal and he's on the smallish side, right?
1: Well, I'd say he's mid-sized Gary. I, I, okay. I think small is, is, is probably unfair. He certainly kind of reworked his body after his first couple of years in the league. His, his first two seasons under Mike McCarthy, he finished, you know, on, on the injured reserve list. And, and he hasn't been back there since Gary, he, he got a lot stronger. He got rid of some of the baby fat he had when, when he showed up, uh, what would it have been back in 18, I guess, 17, 17. So he's reworked his body since, since that early, you know, stage in his career, but yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's never going to be one of these, one of these AJ Dillon guys that you can give, the ball to 30 times a game. But I, I think they found a nice balance, Gary, you know, where maybe maybe Dylan winds up leading him this year in carries and Jones winds up leading him in yards. And and Jones, I think Jones is more than capable, Gary, of, you know, carrying it, let's say, 12 to 15 times for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you maybe target him another five times in the passing game where his touches wind up in the vicinity of 20. I, you know, 17 games now, Gary, if he, if he touched it 20 times a game you're looking at 340 that might be a little high you probably want him south of three hundred a little bit by the, by the time you get to the end of the year, just to make sure you know he's healthy and clean for the playoffs. But he can get at seventeen to twenty a game, I'd say, Gary, and and be okay. It's it's tricky. There there are weeks I'm sure where they're gonna they're, they're gonna scale him down a little bit and and make sure they they keep him fresh based on on how his body's going. But but I think for the most part, Gary Matt has found a nice balance the last few years with with Aaron Jones how to. You know how, how to get them the ball the right amount of times and then have them still be really fresh for the playoffs.
0: But well, you uh, kind of beat me to the punch there. Uh it's obvious LaFleur Le, wants to get both those guys uh more involved in the offense. They're they're playing them in tandem. And personally, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I know where he's coming from. He he claims he wants to get his best players on the field, but I kind of like the idea of Dylan coming off the bench fresh, you know, instead of being in the game. And even if he doesn't carry the ball, he's got to block or do something. I really thought last year at times that one, two punch was as good as any in the NFL. Uh, What's your take on that?
1: No, I I like what they're doing, Gary. I I really do. I think they, they found out in a lot of the self scout that they did, that they they were pretty predictable, you know, when, and and defenses picked up on it, you know, when Dylan came into the game, it was typically going to be a run call and Aaron Jones, you know, the, the, the percentage of runs certainly dropped when, when he was on the field. I I think you leave foes guessing a little bit right now when they're out there together, number one, if it's a run or a pass, number two, who's getting the ball. And then number three, you know, Gary, they are both really capable of catching the ball out of the backfield. I, I think that's far and away the most underrated part of AJ Dillon's game right now is, is his hands are, are really, really good. And nobody saw that coming out of Boston college because they didn't throw him the ball kind of like badger running backs. They don't, they don't throw him the ball. Um, and, and it, and you do scratch your head and you wonder, my God, you know, if, you know, why, why didn't Paul throw Jonathan Taylor, the ball, right. In in, in Madison, why, why didn't they, why didn't they throw it more to, to Ron Dane back in the day or whatever. And, you know, AJ Dillon's one of those kind of guys. He, he just, he never got those opportunities, Gary, when he was at Boston college to catch it. And, and he's kind of blown the Packers away a little bit by his ability to catch the football. And, and Gary, I would argue right now, I mean, they, they, they want to call Alan Lazard their, their number one wide receiver and, and that's all well and good. I, I think you can make a case Aaron Jones is their number one wide receiver. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that. we all know they don't really have one, but, but I would say this. I don't know that anybody on the roster is better than Aaron Jones. I mean, his hands are outstanding. So my point with all that, Gary, is when you get the two of them on the field together, there's a lot of guessing games. Uh, for the defenses, you 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 can do a lot with you know pre step and, and motion and, and things like that, mm-hmm. moving guys all around, getting matchups you like. You can get you can get Jones and Dylan lined up against against linebackers, which is a huge mismatch, obviously for Green Bay. So no, I I, I like it. You know we'll, we'll see moving forward how much how much they continue to stick with it. But but Gary, I I would argue after Rodgers, you know th- those are your best two offensive players right now. And, and you want to see them out there, you know, certainly a combined hundred snaps of football game and, and, and whatever way, shape or form that winds up being, I, I, I think that's pretty good offense right now for green Bay.
0: Yeah. Uh, you brought up former uh, Badger running backs and I don't want to make a big deal about this, but did you see where Jonathan Taylor got like five carries, something like that single digits the other day?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I'm what a big is that fan about of that. I'm a big fan of that organization, but they're heading south in a hurry, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean you, you got arguably, you know, the best running back or, or one of the top two running backs on your team and you give them five. I mean, it was it was very similar to the uh, Aaron Jones case, you know, with the Packers in Minnesota. Uh, it, it was just mind-boggling. And then last night, Jerry Henry had a uh, relatively few carries as well. And you're talking about one of the best running backs we've seen in the last decade. And and that was, that was a situation they got behind and they had to throw the ball and, and I get it. But uh you know, Rob, I, I think you and I would both agree that the Packers are a better team when Jones and Dylan are having big games, right? I mean, they're, they're an integral part of that offense. Don't you agree?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a no brainer. And, You know, if, if, if they're going to win the North this year, Gary, if, if they're going to be a top two, three seed in the NFC, um, if they're going to have any hopes and chances of, of reaching a Super Bowl, you know, I, I think they need both of those guys to push a thousand yards when it's all said and done on the ground. And certainly one of them to probably exceed it. I I think Jones is going to end up Gary with 70 catches. I think Dylan's going to have 50. Um, you think Jones is going to have 70 catches. I do. Wow. Okay. It's only four Gary. That's only four a game these days.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. We got another game. It, it seems like a lot though, doesn't it? When
1: you... Oh, it, it totally does. Or... But I, 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 I've said it since, you know, since they traded away Devante, I think Aaron Jones will lead them in receptions. Um, and it's, again, it's, it's not going to be a particularly high number. It's not going to be triple digits. Like we got used to seeing with Jordy and Devante and in some of these remarkable receivers, the Packers have had, um, This is this is going to be a flashback, Gary, to, you know, the mid 90s where the Packers were growing up a little bit with Favre and and they, you know, after they lost Sterling Sharp, where they didn't have that remarkable stud wide receiver. And then, of course, you remember in 96 when when Brooks suffered that devastating knee injury, what did they have then? They had they had a second year guy in Freeman. They had Edgar Bennett. They had, you know, Andre Ryzen for the second half of the season. You know, they had a couple of good tight ends and Jackson and Chimura. Um, they had other good running backs. So the the ball got spread around, Gary, and, and I think that's what's going to end up happening. And I think when it's all said and done, Jones, Jones will be the guy that, you know, maybe, maybe Gary, it's 65, 62, but but I have a hunch that, you know, whatever his number is, it, it's it's going to be higher than Alan Lazard's. It's going to be higher than Sammy Watkins. It's it's going to be yeah. higher than Christian Watson's.
0: Yeah, you know what, Uh, and I agree. I mean, the the, the reason I brought that point up was that what the Packers are doing is kind of contrary to what is the trend in recent years in the NFL where the running game isn't emphasized, okay? Now, it's this time of the podcast, Rob, where I'm going to throw you a trivia question, okay? All (laughs) righty. I hope you brought your A game. I'm sure you did.
1: It's it's, it's my favorite time of the podcast, Gary.
0: The two teams that uh, participated in last year's Super Bowl, the Rams and the Bengals, where do you think they ranked in rushing last season? Okay. The two teams that, that, that were in the Super Bowl, the Rams and the Bengals. So the
1: Rams were hit with a blow early when they lost Akers. Mixon, I know, had a terrific year but so did Burrow and that group of wide receivers. Boy, oh boy. I'm going to guess, Gary, and tw- 22nd on the Rams and 15th on the Bengals.
0: Well, you're in the ballpark. That, that, okay. That's not a bad guess. The Bengals were 23rd. In that Washington. low? Wow. 23rd, okay? Yeah. And then the Rams, this, this is mind-boggling, they ranked 25th.
1: Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't shock me they were trying to patchwork that thing together yeah. all year you remember yeah I would, thought, I would have thought the bengals were better with mixon because he's a yeah. he, he's a stud but yeah they, they did they do love to throw it over there no that's and, and, and you're right gary that that that's more the norm right that's
0: yeah so I mean that, that, that's important. typical
1: if you trace the last 10 15 years there aren't there aren't a lot of teams that go to a Super Bowl anymore that are ranked number one two three in the in the league and in rushing and i don't think green bay is going to end up there gary when it, when it's all said and done at number 1 because teams are going to start to to focus a lot more on that and and try to take it away as 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 everybody under, starts to begin to understand that that's the calling card now for for this offense that you know jones and and dillon are going to be the bell cows to making this thing work but um but i do think gary when it's all said and done it's a top 5 or 7 or 8 rushing attack um, mm-hmm. I I totally agree.
0: I, yeah. I just thought it was interesting though that you know it, it it works for the Packers, but you know for two teams that were in the Super Bowl, it wasn't all that that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, and and again, it it hasn't been over the over the last several years. You you gave me a great story idea, Gary. I'm going to look into that and write something on that in the next you know in in the next week, I think, or so. But I don't think Tom Brady's had a top five rushing offense for the most part. You know, the the last one I remember who would have Gary is probably Russell Wilson, right? With with yeah. with with Lynch and the, and they love to they loved to hammer away and and let that Legion of Boom defense kind of carry the day a little bit, um, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, there, there, haven't, the, there haven't been many Gary.
0: No, and you know, and, and then you know, on the flip side, from a passing standpoint, the Rams last year were fourth, okay, in passing. Yeah, the Bengals were six. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then you throw in some other teams. Uh, the Chiefs, for instance, were third. The Packers were what? Seventh. The Bills were eighth. To me, that that's what it's all about. I mean, it, it's been that way, like you said, for a while, but man, it, it, it really stood out when I saw those numbers.
1: Yeah, and Buffalo's leading rusher is usually the quarterback, right? And Kansas City hasn't been able to run the ball worth a lick since Mahomes got there, and and they keep finding a way to win. No, I mean you're right. Typically, in today's NFL, it's it's on the it's on the arm of your Hall of Fame or your All Pro or your Pro Bowl quarterback, and 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 on a, on a given year, Gary, when you know out of those 14 playoff teams, usually 10 of them have elite level type quarterbacks. I mean, if you've got an elite quarterback, you're you're probably going to the playoffs, and if you if you look most years at, at the top 10 running backs rushing wise in the league, maybe only two, three, four of those guys make it to the playoffs. It's a it's a passing league. So you're you're right. What Green Bay's doing or wants to do offensively would kind of buck the trend a little bit. You know, that they're, they're going against the grain, almost almost Billy Bean money ball kind of a, a yeah. approach to, to 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 football right now, right? Win it with great defense in a running game. And and and, and Gary, if if this is the group of wide receivers that they're going to carry all season long. I mean, if, if, if they don't add a piece at the trade deadline or anything like that, I mean that that's how they're going to have to play football in, in December and January to, to, to beat the Eagles, right. To, to, to beat Tampa Bay, to beat the Rams, to beat the 49ers. So it's an unconventional path, Gary, in today's football world, but uh, you know, I'll be honest. I, I kind of like it. I'm anxious to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, the Packers run offense obviously is, is going to be fine. I mean, when you got Dylan, and you got Jones. You know, you're going to be pretty darn good in that category eventually. Rob, I, I, I have concerns about their run defense. I mean, you look at that uh, Packer defense, and it's just loaded with talents. Um, you know, at all three levels. You know, along the line, linebacker, secondary. Yet they have still have had problems stopping the run. And uh, I know it's a small sample size, but after two games, they ranked 27th out of 32 teams against the run. They're giving up a ridiculous 150 53 yards a game. And Rob, what do you think? What, what's your uh, observations on that?
1: I, I think there's definitely cause for concern. Now, you know, you, you brought up a couple of games from the weekend, Gary, you know, Indianapolis and not giving Jonathan Taylor the ball enough, uh, when they got behind big time in that game, Derrick Henry in Tennessee Monday night, when that, when they were getting routed by Buffalo, I'll give Luke Getzey in Chicago, a lot of credit. It's 24 seven in that game. And they are still hammering away with David Montgomery, who they know is their best player on offense, their number one weapon. And they know that the number one way to get get to green Bay's defense is probably through the run uh, because the Packers secondary and pass rush are both extremely good. And on the one drive, Gary, where, you know, they eventually got down to the goal line and fields was denied. I mean, Montgomery ran ran wild on that drive. Now, now Chicago finished with 180 on the ground, Gary. I, I I think about 65 came on that drive, you know, that when they were down 24-7 and green Bay was playing a little bit softer, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the back because they were playing pass, not run. I'm not making excuses for them whatsoever, but they certainly were in, you know, more prevent, you know, pass type defense looks, Gary, than than they were in in terms of base trying to take away the run. But Gary, it's a huge concern. And, And you look at Sunday coming up, you know, Tampa Bay has slightly altered their philosophical approach to playing football now, too, with Arians being gone as the head coach there and Todd Bowles in now, where they want to run the ball a little bit more. And Leonard Fournette, is going to get the ball 25 times come Sunday uh, against Green Bay. And they're going to hammer, hammer, hammer away with, with Fournette, who um – you know, let, let's be honest, Gary. I I, I think he kind of got a bad rap down in Jacksonville. He saved his career a little bit here since he since he came to Tampa Bay, and a, he's probably one of the top ten or twelve backs in the league the way he's been running uh, to start this season. So it's a it's a huge challenge, a huge test. Um, I, I I thought you know Green Bay made some plays when they had to Gary in mm-hmm. the run game, including you know the goal line denial uh, of Fields, whether. You know whether you thought he was in or not. I guess you, you can you can flip a coin on that. I thought he was I'm in.
0: A, I didn't flip a coin. He was in.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think he was in. You know, Man. and you know, why, got a break.
0: Why why did they even bother having to replay? I mean, it's such. A, I know. I agree. every. I mean, I the agree. commentators said he was in. You you could see the ball broke the plane. So. It,
1: you know why they have replay, Gary? Because they can keep us glued to the TV for three and a half hours instead of three.
0: <laughs> Doesn't and hurt can, the ratings, does it?
1: <laughs> and they can charge advertisers even more than they're already charging them. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Good, I, good, I, I'm with way. you. Re, re, replay is the devil to me in in today's NFL, Gary. But yeah, it, it's a huge concern. It's 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 the number one thing they're going to have to get cleaned up here moving forward. It, it's been their bugaboo, you know the the entire Lafleur era. Gary on the defensive side of the ball, you even think back, you know, to that 2019 NFC championship game, you know, where Raheem Mostard, I think, you know, is still scoring touchdowns for the 49ers against, you know, that, that, that Packer defense from it's been a mediocre unit, you know, for the most part, Gary, in terms of stopping the run, it shouldn't be right now because they've got the beef up front. They've got, they've got plenty of depth up front to rotate those guys. They've got, you know, the fastest combination of inside linebackers That they've, you know, had in decades, Gary, between Walker and Campbell there, both their edge rushers are decent against the run. And, and again, there's, there's really no reason that, that, you know, the bears are averaging what I think was five and a half yards a run the other night, Gary, it's, it's inexcusable. So, it's clearly the number one concern. It needs to be on defense. Their their pass defense was obviously outstanding. You know, I think Fields only threw for seventy yards. But at the end of the day, when Montgomery's going for eight yards a carry, right, and Herbert's going for nine, and and Fields is running the ball when when he wants to, it's, it it it's a bad night in in that department. So yeah, they they've got to get that fixed, Gary.
0: You know, part of it, I, I, Rob. I've never been a big proponent of three four defenses unless you got like three exceptionally good. Lyman and you look at Lowry, Clark, and Reed, I think Clark is clearly the best player. I mean, nobody would argue that. But Reed and Lowry, I think, are pretty much run-of-the-mill players. And I would love to spend some time or have see, see somebody else do some research on the elite defenses in the league and see if they use a, a base three-man front or a four-man front and uh, go from there. But I, again, I've never been a big proponent of a, a three-four defense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, for that
0: reason, against the run.
1: Sure, I mean, there, there's pros and cons, obviously, to both. You think of the great Fritz shermer defenses, right in the '90s; those were four threes, and mm-hmm. that that he exactly. employed. Although, although, if, I mean, people don't realize this when when Green Bay went to to San Francisco in. And pulled that huge upset in the what was it, the 95 playoffs, the, the the second the divisional game right before they lost to Dallas. Fritz changed everything on the fly that week, Gary. And he threw in a three-four and they ran a three-four that whole game against uh Steve Young and the 49ers. But yeah, no, for the most part, he was he was a four-three base, and you know, Capers played a three-four, and so did Petton. And and now you're seeing you know the same thing with Joe Barry. There's obviously pros and cons,
0: Gary, to, to both,
1: right? You yeah, know, when, absolutely. When, when, I, I would
0: when, love to see a breakdown, though. I, I think yeah, that... I mean,
1: I mean, and, and and I think I think it would wind up being relatively predictable. I I, I think the teams in a four three are probably, for the most part, going to be more stout against the run, just because you've 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 got an extra seventy five to one hundred pounds of beef typically on the field with with that with that one player when you when you add that three hundred pound you know either tackle or end. And and I think I think the ones in the three, four, Gary, arguably might might play the pass a little bit better because you know, just just when you look at skill set, body size positions that these players are playing, that uh, I think that's a reasonable guess if if we went and, and did broke it break it down. You know, all, all those years, Gary, you know, under you know, both really, you know, pet and Capers, they didn't mind giving up four and a half, five yards of carries. And they, they said let exactly. let's let, let, let's make these let's make these other people let's make the bears and the Vikings and the lions of the world have 12, 14, 15 play drives where they have to grind it out. The whole, the whole key is not giving up something 57 yards over the top and Nickel and dime you to death on on the way down the field because their belief was eventually the offense was going to make a mistake and and that's a tough way to to make a living is, is those long drives. So they were okay, you know if, if you had to give something up to them, the most important thing was giving it up in the run game. And I, and I don't think that ph- philosophy has necessarily changed with, with this current staff. If you are going to give something up, it's going to be a high number in, in the rush game. I mean, at the end of the day, Gary, they gave up 10 points. They made some plays when it, when it really didn't matter. Now, it, 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 like we said, it's going to get a lot, lot tougher come Sunday when uh, you know the greatest player in the history of probably any sport is on the other side of the field.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm down on the Packers' uh, run defense, but I'll tell you what, again, we're only talking about a small sample size here of of two games, but I really, really like what I've seen from the special teams. Uh, All those moves during the offseason, bringing in a new coach, spending some money on hiring him, changes they made in their schemes. Again, you don't want to rush to judgment here, but so far so good for the special teams.
1: So Gary, the other night was I as I was watching and writing at the same time. I thought to myself, "God, the last time Chicago was in Green Bay, December of last year, was probably the worst special teams game I've ever seen." You know, by, by a Packer team, and I, yeah. I, I'm like, I, and and I'm getting old, and I can't remember everything, Gary, the way I once did. And I'm like, well, Bob, now, do what you know anybody that gets
0: younger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I went and dug up these plays, Gary. Now right. now, now here's just a few of them because I won't I won't waste our whole time on this. But last year, okay. Jakeem Grant from the Bears takes a punt back 97 yards for a touchdown. Khalil Herbert averages 41 yards per kickoff in that game. The first half alone, Gary, the Bears had 213 yards last year. This is obviously last year. 213 yards on special teams. The Packers had 19. Packers fumbled away an onside kick in that game. Yada, yada, yada. I could go on and on and on. The other night, Gary, I would argue... They probably won. I mean, at worst, they got a stalemate, but they might have won the special teams battle against Chicago. It was, you know, O'Donnell averages 61 yards a punt. The Bears uh, in the kick return game, Gary, they only averaged 23 which Green Bay will take that in in a heartbeat? Um, you know, after allowing about thirty a year ago, Amari Rogers even had a twenty-yard punt return. Uh, Gary, his other two weren't great, but he one of them was for for twenty yards. So I think Gary, the and we talked about this a lot in in the off and certainly leading into to in into camp. I think the money they spent to finally hire somebody who knows what they're doing with special teams. In terms of coordinator Rich Pisaccia is gonna pay off because they're still in the early stages of, of getting to know his, you know, kind of his system and getting to know him in general. Pasaccia brought in guys, Gary, who he knows and likes mm-hmm. and loves, and he's got them in key roles right now, who have who have helped on all these units. Even even through the summer, Gary Rogers, Aaron that is kept saying, Man, if we can just get a draw on special teams you know, we'll win another football game or two along the way. And against a really good special teams unit the other day, because the Bears are darn good, Gary, in special teams. I I would say Green Bay won by decision. It certainly wasn't a knockout, but they probably won by decision. Again, at worst, they got a draw.
0: Yeah. You know, Rob, when they um, got rid of uh, Corey Gorkas, I think I've butchered his name enough over the years. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I, I, I thought, you know, it, it was a case of him being the fall guy, you know, having his punt blocked, you know, against the 49ers in the playoff game. And then also, you know, having some problems, you know, uh holding the ball for Mason Crosby, but that guy is uh, Pat O'Don- O'Donnell has come in and just, just done a great job. He ranks sixth in the league right now in the punting average at 50.2 and is ranks 10th. Temp- I mean, I still think he's a really good punter. But, well, is 32 years old, and you look at his track record, Rob, it's pretty darn good. I mean, he's consistently good every season, and uh, it, it's looking like uh, that's a pretty good move on the Packers' part. No,
1: I I, I agree. And, 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 Gary, Green Bay in the last several years has had punters that have looked really good in September and October. Mm-hmm. It's can they hold up and punt in November and December when the weather turns and things get ugly and nasty and, 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 and O'Donnell for the most part has been able to do that, uh, you know, during his, during his, uh, stint in Chicago. He obviously came from to green Bay from the bears. You, you remember JK Scott, who with the Packers used a fifth round draft pick on four or five years ago. And, and Gary, he, he always, he always looked like Ray guy in September and, and then he'd averaged 29 yards a punt the last six games of the year. Right. When, when the weather got nasty, he, he yeah. could not kick in cold weather. I, I think the biggest thing with bajorquez was, and this to me still remains inexcusable Gary, because these guys are together every day for countless hours, but he and Crosby just could never get that rhythm and that chemistry in, you know, in, in the holding game, like you talked about And whether he was the fall guy or not, I, I I guess we'll, we'll never know. I mean, Mason Crosby carries a lot of clout in that organization. If, if he wanted a different holder, it wouldn't shock me if Mason Crosby was able to get another holder. And, and I know Crosby and O'Donnell have become fast friends we all know O'Donnell spent a, a chunk of his summer living in Crosby's basement. So they're tight already. They, they say he charged them <laughs> big time, big, big time hotel rates from Mason. Yeah, exactly. O'Donnell, right? yeah. mean, Motel
0: <laughs> six rates or uh, Hilton rates.
1: <laughs> I, I think they'll be in, in, in decent shape there, Gary, because again, O'Donnell has held up in, in sloppy tracks down the stretch in Chicago and it's, it's a guy, obviously Crosby is extremely comfortable with, which I I, I think should lead to him having uh, a, a pretty decent year when it's all said and done. But I, I, we don't say this much or we haven't said this much, Gary on, on this podcast and on this show, but uh, I, I do think things could be looking up for the Packers special teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, Crosby's two for two and granted again, uh, keep harping on this. It's only two games, but when you saw him last year, uh, it was kind of a train wreck. He was, what, 25 of 34 or something like that. Yeah. What, second second worst uh, field goal percentage of his career in an outstanding career. So uh, if, if that makes a difference with Crosby, hey, I'm all for it. And the other thing, Amari Rogers actually looks like a decent player. <laughs> Did we ever say that last season?
1: Well, you're not saying it these days when it comes to the Green Bay Packers offense, right, Gary? But yes, he he did look serviceable as a
0: returner. As yeah.
1: a returner, yeah. What's going on exactly with him, you know, and that offense in terms of the fact that he he has not gotten gotten any snaps from scrimmage in the in the first two games is a little bit of a mystery to me. I, I thought his summer was pretty decent overall. I, I'm not one of these guys, Gary, who you know, in the summer likes to write a hundred stories about this guy came in in the best shape of his life. And this guy dropped his body fat from 12 to 8%. And this guy lost 11 pounds or, or whatever. I want to see it on the field, you know, but, but Rogers Amari, that is did check all those boxes. You know, he, he got himself in much better shape. And then at times this summer, Gary, he, he looked pretty good, but you know, it, it is really interesting. And it's a, it's uh, something we're going to have to monitor closely. Why, you know, why he's not getting any snaps right now from scrimmage. Uh, Obviously a huge part of that comes down to trust with the quarterback and the quarterback clearly doesn't trust him at this point in time, but, but you know, Matt LaFleur is not going to sign off on that either. If he's, if he's not on board with, with the fact that Amari Rogers can't help him a ton from scrimmage right now. So I don't know, Gary, it's, it's only year two for Amari Rogers. He was a third round pick, in 2021. But to me, his career is already at a little bit of a crossroads.
0: Yeah. Couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Get this out, Rob. Two games. I know. I know. (laughs) He ranks 12th (laughs) in punt returns, eight yards. That's pretty good. He ranks 14th in kickoff returns at uh, 19 yards. Um, If somebody would have told you going into the season, even after two games, that Amari Rogers would rank in the top half of the NFL in both categories. I don't think anyone but would buy it.
1: And, and again, Gary, they'll, they'll take, they will take middle of the pack over there right now, you know, Absolutely. call it mediocrity or whatever, just, just so it's not dismal failure like it's been the last 17 years, you know, most recently last year under Mo Drayton, if they can even jump up in that, when, when when it's all said and done and, and rank 17th in special teams, right? 14th, 19th, whatever. Be somewhere in the middle of the pack, Gary, when it, when it's all said and done, and not be 32nd, which they've been six times since 2005. And I think 14 of the 17 years, Gary, they've been in the bottom quarter. Um, I mean, the, the numbers have been just so remarkably ugly that, that again, if, if they can just get their units up to, to a, a level of mediocrity, and if Amari Rodgers can stay in that range, Gary, I think the Packers would be absolutely ecstatic.
0: Totally agree. You know, now, now we get to the main event, Sunday's game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something we, you and I, I think, are absolutely going to cherish it. I mean, not only are these two, without a doubt, you know, elite teams, well-coached, great organizations, but they have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And uh, you, you just don't get this out. Green
1: Bay has one of those, Gary? Uh,
0: in my book, they do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, let, let's face it. Both of them are surefire Hall of Fame selections. I mean, when their careers are over, they're going right, right to uh, Canton. Let, let, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, you sent me an email or a text the other day about how things, you know, looked 11 years ago with both these quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and and let's let's specifically turn this to Green Bay to start with, Gary. Right yeah. when they're coming off that Super Bowl championship in 2010, when Aaron Rodgers I think was 27 years old, when Jordy Nelson was a pup, when when Greg Jennings was still in his prime, when Clay Matthews and B.J. Raji were pups, when Nick Collins was a pup, when when Tremont Williams was a pup, when Charles Woodson was still in his prime. I mean, I remember talking to guys all through that organization gary that said we are and and i use the term we because i'm i'm quoting packer people saying exactly we, we are in position to win 3 out of 4 3 out of 5 2 out of 3 whatever multiple multiple super bowl rings right and they were i mean everything lined up they they had the cap in perfect position they they had they had young players in their prime a lot of those offensive linemen were in their prime gary i mean Uh, Jermichael Finley was in his prime. I could go on and on and, and you look back 2011, they go 15 and one and, and blow it in the playoffs when they have home field Kaepernick gets them in 12 and 13 and they lose both games, you know, to San Francisco 2014, they have the meltdown, uh, in Seattle, they lose the overtime game uh, to Carson Palmer and the Cardinals in 2015, they reached the NFC title game in 2016 and lose, uh, you know, to Matt Ryan, who was the MVP of the league that year in Atlanta, a couple of duds in 17 and 18 lead to McCarthy getting fired. And, and they've had a little bit of a Renaissance here under Matt LaFleur, but Gary, we're, we're sitting here now, 11, 12 years later, and they haven't been back to the big dance. And and if you would have told me back in 2010, 2011, that, you know, I think at the time Tom Brady had three rings, Gary and Aaron Rodgers had one that four more rings were going to be won by somebody between 2010 and 2022. I would have guessed Rogers. I I mean, I really would have 12 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, Brady got three out of four right away early in his career, you know, with, 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 the Patriots when he, you know, had, had that remarkable run. Um, but Gary, then he, you know, he, he went a stretch without winning, you know, even, even the one year in, you know, 07 when they were unbeaten, they fell to the Giants in the Super Bowl and then they lost to the Giants again in the Super Bowl in, in 2011 when the Giants also got the Packers that season. But I'm, I'm telling you, Gary, you know, a decade ago, I would have thought Green Bay was the organization and, and had the quarterback set up to get to three, four, five rings. And and never did I think Tom Brady would jump from three to seven, Gary, in that amount of time in that window. Obviously, he did. Aaron Rodgers has had a lot of playoff clunkers along the way, which is which has been a major uh, reason the Packers, you know, still are sitting on that one Super Bowl under Rodgers. But but Gary, I mean, it's uh, to me, it you know, if if I'm a Packer fan, if you're Packer Nation. it it, Sunday is going to be great to watch these two icons and legends go at it. But, but I'm a little bit sad too, if I'm just a Packer fan, you know, sitting there in Kenosha or sitting there in Baraboo or sitting up in Ashland, because I'm thinking to myself, boy, that guy on the other sideline has all these rings and a decade ago, I would have guessed all those rings, Gary, we're going to go to number 12 in green and gold.
0: Yeah. Great, great observations, you know, and, and, and I tend to agree. I, why Brady's uh, career took off and Rodgers didn't, uh, as far as Super Bowls are concerned. I mean, we we, we could probably talk about that all day, but yeah, um, you know, again, you have to consider coaches. And if Belichick isn't the greatest coach of all time, he, he's right there. You know, I mean, the top two or three. And I, I think Brady obviously benefited from having Belichick as his coach. Plus, I think. I don't know. Maybe you might differ with me, but I, I thought the Patriots had better talent for the bulk of those years. Any other factors that you see as to why it didn't happen for Rogers, but it did for Brady?
1: Well, I'll, I'll differ with you a little bit, Gary, on the talent part of it. You're, you're spot yeah. on with the coaches. I mean, Belichick's them. Yeah, I, I, it'd be hard to argue Belichick's not the greatest. And, and that's, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's him or Lombardi, but the era that Belichick has done it in, right? This free agency, you know, lose a 30 year team every season, turn it over, and he keeps winning football games. You know, you don't, you don't keep people anymore for the, for the eight, 10, 12 years that they're in the league. They, they bounce around and they go to other teams. What Belichick has done has been absolutely remarkable. I, I think it's almost as simple as this that, in, in big moments, in big games, Tom Brady has come up big time after time after time and put, put his team on his shoulders to, to win a lot of these championships and games. And, and, and we, uh, Gary, we can go through this and, and pick it apart and we would need a whole nother podcast to do it you know, but Aaron Rodgers has had just an enormous amount of playoff clunkers. I mean, Eli Manning clearly outplayed him in that 2011 season when they were 15 and one and everything that year lined up for green Bay to go back and repeat as super bowl champions. Um, the 24. 24- 2014 NFC Championship game out in Seattle. There's a lot of people you can blame, but but that game doesn't come down to the last three minutes. If Rodgers is is better early on, Gary, you know he he had a passer rating that day of about 55. Um, the de- I mean the defense did everything they could that day. Um, they they took the ball away four times from Russell Wilson. It was 16 nothing at halftime. It should have been about 24 to nothing or something like that. The Green Bay failed. Uh, to take advantage there. And then, Gary, you look at NFC championship games in like 16 and 19. And the Packers have no points at halftime in either game. You know, so that that's on Rodgers and the offense a, a great deal. Uh 2020, uh Brady comes to Lambeau and he outplays Rodgers in the NFC championship game. And and then last year when Green Bay is the number one seed again, Gary, in 2021. Yes, everybody wants to blame the special teams and they deserve it, but Green Bay scores seven points. Gary, you know, or one touchdown that particular game. Um, just just not good enough in that in that loss to to San Francisco. So um the defense hasn't been good enough. There have been coaching issues, but the one constant through and through, Gary, in all those losses was Aaron Rodgers. And and I'm not arguing with you. Aaron Rodgers is to me, I don't know, around 12 all time, somewhere in that wow. range. Maybe <laughs> you know, another Super Bowl gets him into that top 10, Gary, but he's not quite there yet um, because, because of his playoff failures, Gary.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I I totally agree. I mean, your points are all valid and, uh, you know, to me, it just, there's, there's certain icons that, you know, in, in any sport and Brady obviously is one Montana is two, And, to me, those those are the top two quarterbacks of all time. Do you agree? Totally
1: agree. Yep.
0: Okay. After that, it gets into a you know kind of a gray area, and you yep. can make an argument for but you know eight or ten guys, whatever. Sure. But this game Sunday, you know, kind of reminds me of the days of like, hey, star versus United, United. <laughs> <City>. I
1: <laughs> right. mean,
0: it's like something you really look forward to, or Elway and Marino. Or Montana and who, who's Montana? Aikman? I, I don't know, but sure. I mean, th- this is a special game, and, and we're never going to see it again between these two great quarterbacks. Uh, I, I think, from a ratings perspective, it's going to be off the charts.
1: Yeah, you were saying you're excited. Think of think of the network execs, Gary, how, <laughs> yeah. how, how excited they are to see the the numbers come Monday morning. Yeah, no it it it, it shapes up to be a dandy. I mean. You know both quarterbacks. Obviously, uh, you know honestly, Gary, that they, they aren't off to great starts this year. Tampa's offenses struggled a little bit. They were, you know, they weren't great against Dallas, and it took them a while to get going against the Saints. Um, obviously, you know, Rogers wasn't very good in Week One against Minnesota. I thought he was much better in 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 Week Two, clearly against Chicago. But but both of these offenses, Gary, that that these quarterbacks are going to lead, are have a lot of questions. You know, Rodgers, you know, lost his. Number one receiver, clearly from last year. Tampa's guys are are beat up a little bit. They they're much like Green Bay. They're transitioning a little bit more to a to a run game. But but all eyes undoubtedly are going to be on Rogers and Brady when when this thing kicks off on Sunday. Uh, you know, Rogers won the first meeting in 2014. Gary, between these two, it was a probably the best football game I've ever seen, regular season wise. It was 26-21 at Lambeau Field on. On on just a, a a gorgeous November day, and and Rogers Rogers got a little bit better of of Brady that day. Devontae Adams had a big game as a as a as a rookie, but Brady's got him the last three times. Gary, um, he got him in primetime in 2018 on a Sunday night, and he obviously won the NFC Championship game in 2020. And that same year, uh, Tampa Bay had blown out Green Bay down in Tampa Bay. So I know Rogers would like to. Rogers, is, Rogers' golf game, I think, is, is better than Tom Brady's Gary, but you know, his his football game hasn't been, um, at least in in these head-to-head matchups. So I, I know Rogers would like to change that come Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, unless they, they meet in the playoffs, though, they're they're never gonna play each other again. I, I think it's I think you can go to the bank that Brady is gonna quit after the season, especially with his marital situation, you know, on the rocks. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I've been of the opinion that this will be Rogers last year as well. So I'll tell you what, I can't wait.
1: Well, we'll see how the future plays out. Every time I think these guys are leaving Gary, they, they, they do seem to come back, but I, I think it's a pretty, I, I think it's a, you know, a 50, 50 bet or, a, or better, That, uh, that these two would meet again in the playoffs, just the way the last few years have, have, have kind of played them themselves out are They're going to be when it's all said and done. I think two of the four best teams in the NFC, I I would argue Tampa is going to be the best team and, and the number one seed, but, um, yeah. I, I I'm with you, Gary. Every time you get a matchup like this, you, you've got to think to yourself, especially with Brady at 45 and Rogers almost 39. Now, yep. you know, they're going to be 84 between them. Come, uh, you know, come, come answer, Sunday night. yeah, thanks buddy. <laughs> and I mean, it's no, you're, you're right. I mean, when, when you, when you start talking that the average age of the quarterbacks come Sunday night is 42, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty reasonable guess that they may never line up against each other again. So yeah, it, uh, Gary, there almost can't be enough hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and 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 that's all you're going to hear about, and that's all you're going to read about all week is is these two guys going head to head, and and eventually I think I think fans say, man, I I give me another story angle or something like that. But but boy, it's like like you said, you you just you don't get two legends like this real often lining up, and and like you said, it it, it could be for the very last time.
0: Rob, one last question. The uh, odds makers in Las Vegas, I think, have tabbed the Buccaneers as two-and-a-half-point favorites. How do you see it?
1: You know, I hadn't even looked, Gary. I'm surprised it's that low. I, I like Tampa Bay, and I, I like them by at least a touchdown in, in the game. I, I, I'm I going to go, say, 24-17, Gary. It, it, I, I think Tampa takes away the run game, and and you might not be able to take it away in its entirety, but Green Bay, like I said, they won't rush for 200 yards again, 200 plus yards this week against the front as, as good as Tampa Bay's. And they're going to put the onus back on Rodgers, Gary, to pick them apart and to make him make plays and beat them. Um, I, I don't know if you watched that Saints game at all on Sunday, Gary. Tampa's got a corner. T- Tampa's outstanding across the board, but they've got a corner named Carlton Davis, who's as good as anybody in football. I mean, my guess is Rodgers won't even test him, but Davis, Davis at various times over the last couple of years has has really slowed down Devontae Adams. And, and I think he'll be a huge factor in that football game, either just completely taking away, you know, somebody in the Packer passing offense or maybe coming up with a pick along the way or something like that. I, I think Rodgers is going to have a tough time getting going in that game, Gary. They're, they're going to get pressure with four. bowls, as creative as heck. And and they're they're terrific in the back. So I I think when it's all said and done, Rodgers is going to have one of those games where the cameras are on him twenty four seven, looking for the eye rolls, right? Looking looking for him throwing his throwing his hands up in the air, looking for him throwing his tablet, something like that, because it could be one of those frustration games for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I'm going to go twenty four seventeen Tampa, Gary.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I, I was inclined to uh, pick Tampa Bay as well, but. I got a feeling this has been a game the Packers have been kind of targeting from uh, training camp on. And uh, I think uh, Tampa Bay's receiving core is really a mess right now. I'm not sold on Fournette. He's hit hit and miss. Brady, uh, what I've seen, is looking every bit 45 years old now. I think a lot <laughs> time has caught up with him. If, if the Packers win, that would be a statement game. I think it would really propel them, you know, for the rest of the season. Conversely, if they get blown out, I, I think it could have some bad repercussions for them. But, uh, I, again, I'm just looking forward to seeing Brady and, and Rogers. And uh, for those of you who are wondering, the game is, of course, Sunday afternoon at 325 on Fox. Be there. Right, Rob? <laughs>
1: Be there is right. Um, yeah, you know, Gary, when, and when when you break down the Packers' schedule, you know this, and and I like I said, I expect them to lose, and that would put them at one and two. You know, then then they're home with New England, which is no gimme. Anytime you're playing Belichick, you have yeah. to go to London to to play the Giants. Which I mean, it's it. it they much that, that's, improved. I mean, yeah, that, that's going to just be a weird week, I think in general for all these guys. And, and then you've got to fly home and, and play the jets. Um, you know, at, at the start of the year, Gary, I kind of thought green Bay would, would go three and O in that stretch, the Patriots, the giants and the jets, but um, the giants are better, I think than we thought, or at least they're two and I I don't know if they're better. Yes. Um, but their record is, is certainly better. Um, but my point is, Gary, if, if, if these next four games come and go and green Bay is sitting there at three and three, then they've got, then they've got trips, Gary, to Washington, Buffalo, and Detroit three weeks in a row where, where they're going to hit the midway point. And, and it's not out of the question, Gary, that they're sitting there at five and four, four and five, something like that. And I, I don't, I don't think it's going to quite be that dark, but the, my my point is this 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 schedule the, the first half of the year where the Packers are trying to find themselves certainly on offense is is, is really tricky right road games at Minnesota Tampa Bay uh, Buffalo a trip to London you know the Lions are improved you've got to go there and play so it it's uh it, it it's a challenging start for Green Bay. No and, question. And, yeah, and, and and Sunday really will play, I, I think, a large role in terms of us kind of knowing exactly where where this team is headed, Gary.
0: Rob, good stuff as usual. Uh, thanks for uh, helping out today. Anything you want to say before we uh, bid do?
1: No, just just real quick on the Bakhtiari thing, Gary. You know, I I expected all all along we were going to see him Sunday night against the Bears. It just it to me it lined up perfectly. His, his whole you know a, a home game a field he's accustomed to uh, a mediocre defense in general um and it didn't happen obviously elton jenkins kudos to him for making it back gary um in about nine and a half months just a remarkable recovery and 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 jenkins did did yeoman's work i think the other night um the Bakhtiari mystery though gary continues i you know, we're doing this on a Tuesday. Uh, A lot of the week has to play out yet. To me, it would be really tricky to bring him back now. If he's, you know, if, if he's trending that way to bring him back on the road in Tampa Bay against that defensive line and that front. So I, I don't know, Gary, I'm starting to really wonder, uh, we're, we're at about 630 days now since Bakhtiari tore that, tore that ACL. And I, and I'm really starting to wonder, Gary, you know, just, will we ever maybe see David Bakhtiari again?
0: Uh, partner, I'm I'm on the same page with you. Uh, I, I have some serious reservations, have had some serious reservations. If he'll ever come back 100%. I, I think he'll come back because it's modern medicine, but uh, whether he'll be able to play at that same elite level, I have real, real doubts. So, Anyways, uh, good stuff, Rob. Thanks again. And uh, thanks to our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Waffle and
1: WofflesPressBox.com.